Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Welcome back to Moon to Moon, or welcome to Moon to Moon for the first time, if this is the first time you've ever listened. My name is Britton, and I'm excited to share with you a conversation with Samar Jade, a human being who's been lighting up my world in 2023. A, this is a living the fuck out of your chart conversation. And if you haven't tuned into any of those before, it's been a really long time since I've made one. Maybe it may be over a year since I've put one out. I used to do this a lot. Um, A series called Living the Fuck Out of Your Chart. And I would invite people to come on and we would speak about story and experiences in relationship to the person's chart and sometimes people will come on who know their chart forwards and backwards and sometimes people will come on who don't know their chart at all and I I kind of just stop I don't know I it just sort of moved out of my space like it there was something about it I think that felt old um And I just stopped doing it. But when I knew I wanted to have Samar on, I asked them if there was anything in particular that they felt called to talk about with me that felt important. And they said they were really keen to talk with me about the Capricorn Cancer polarity because as you'll see Samar is Capricorn Sun, Capricorn rising with a Cancer moon and as I was listening to them speak I was like mm-hmm it'll be a living the fuck out of your chart conversation I just yeah that's what we're gonna do And it was really cool to come back to this series because clearly it has a different vibe. Like what happened was I basically gave a reading um, that now everyone gets to hear. And Samar was very game for this. And I felt myself to be like really in that space of letting letting like magic fill the room like letting letting something beyond ourselves happen between us and the chart and it was 
quite a profound experience. Um, yeah, we recorded it yesterday. And throughout the day, we were both sending each other messages like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, did that really just happen? Um, so it's, it's really beautiful. And, and I would say quite magical. And it felt like, at least I'll say for myself, it felt like a healing for me. <sighs> so, yeah, I, I want to get to that conversation in just a minute. I want to give a little more context. So, Samar is the 13th reader for a brand new iteration of the Magician's Table that is coming out this fall. The Magician's Table heretofore, and will continue to be, um, a spring course known as the Workshop Circle for Emerging Readers tagline. This past year's iteration was so expansive, like, whoa. Um, just an, an incredible experience in the 13th reader for both cohorts in the spring this year was Rebecca Paget, who is now collaborating with me and co-facilitating this fall course, Moon to Moon, which many of you listening may already be signed up for. It's got a, we've got a really big group. It's been a massive yes. Um, I'm feel, it feels really, really good. Moon to Moon is September 11th through November 20th. It is an experience of coming into a more landed, dilated, trusting relationship with your lunar self, your lunar presence, your nocturnal self, and the inner voice. It's very much a class about intuition, it's about trusting in cyclic, the cyclical body, the body and cycle, healing your relationship to industrial to industrialized time, because it's also about time. It's about the past and the present and the future, and about healing our relationship to the younger self so we can be more fully in present time and listening in present time and engaging creatively with the future self and the crone self and not be afraid of the future. It's very much like a personal solo journey, you know, like community, there, there probably will be a sense of community, you know, because like Rebecca and I kind of can't help but do that. And it's not like, it's, it's, purpose of being is not to be a community space. It's to help each participant basically just drop madly, deeply, more thoroughly in love with themselves so that they can trust in themselves because intuition is self-trust. And so it's like we're doing it together, but it's really about you and um, that's why it also works really well as replays 
for people who don't have the capacity for it this fall. Because it's, I'm taking you on your moonlit path, but I'm not really, I'm not going to stay there. You know, like Rebecca and I aren't going to live with you on your moonlit path. That's for you. So the, the vulture coven, the magician's table vulture coven has thematic overlap, like in a Venn diagram, you could really see how doing both at the same time would be like super wildly transformative. Um, and I am giving a discount if you want to do both of 222 off the total of either one you register for, because you may have already registered for one. The Vulture Coven is very much a community space, and it's, and it's limited. I'm taking only up to 12. We're going we're gonna to do it no matter how many people come, so it could be less than 12. But the point is it has to be capped to be a proper, intimate space. It is going to be like an intimate community space. And I've actually started calling it a grail space in my, my, my mind and my heart. It's a grail space in the sense of um, the grail story being very much about learning to, um, to ask like the healing questions and hold space for honesty and vulnerability and all magicians' tables are grail spaces. It's it, they're vulnerability spaces where so much of what's intense about it is like the experience of being so thoroughly witnessed in all of your glory as a human and as a special, special, special being. Letting yourself be that and celebrating other people for being themselves and just like basically letting all that. We, what we might call weirdness come forward and be like nuzzled up to and celebrated. Samar is incredibly gifted at reflecting people's light back to them and at celebrating their colleagues' uniqueness and like really kind of seeing it instantly. Samar's moon um, is a real gift this way. And we, we get into talking about that cancer moon in the seventh house quite a bit in our conversation on living the fuck out of your chart. So... Because I knew that Samar was going to be moving through, like is moving through the growth stages of being a fantastically, wildly gifted human being at space holding and transformation, I, I felt that they would really flower big with the opportunity to, to help support me in holding this container as a 13th reader. The 13th reader, if you haven't heard, is a position that I, I have for the magician's table. Someone who's both participating and helping me hold the space. It's really important for me that I pick someone that I trust 
because they're helping me, you know, and like, I'm a very private person and I don't, I don't like my behind the scenes to be just, um, handed, you know, exposed, you know, like I, I need to be able to lean because I'm a human too. <laughs> and I just felt like some more, like you can feel that that Capricorn, um, rooting, you know, that rootedness, that the foundations of that earth energy, I could feel that that could be really nice for me to lean into as I'm bringing something new in the world and letting my gifts move through me, you know, for the first time on something that's been wanting to come through for a really long time. I've been dreaming of this class in various iterations for like two and a half years long time and there's just never been space it's like there just isn't space for it and what I'm experimenting with here is like maybe it's just my manager that thinks there's no space my inner manager that's like ah you know it's got to be perfect or whatever I got to manage it. I got to get my head around it. I have a beautiful manager. She's, she takes care of me in so many ways. And sometimes my, if my manager is really loud, and this can be true for you too, probably, I'm not letting myself be supported by humans. And I'm not letting myself be supported by spirit and my guides and the beings that are helping me get my gifts through, you know? So I'm allowing myself to trust that, um, hey, you've been wanting to do this two and a half years. Let it, let's let it roll through. So I invited um, Samar to come and, and help me and to help those in the container those magicians, mystics, witches, healers, creative and intuitive folks who want this, who crave this, who may be quite terrified of it. That's fine too. (laughs) Samar is going to be just such an incredible presence for all of us as we explore some, um, scary zones you know we're going into this scary place together to go feast to go feast on the fear of failure um so that we can create more opportunities to let our gifts move through us so you know at a high level you can think of it as a business class but like it's a magician's table business class like what would that look like it's got tons of shadow work lots of humor and it's it's not about becoming multimillionaires and that we don't say things like six figures, you know. I mean, it's going to be a space for humaning and letting yourself really feel the pulse of the sincerity, the beauty of the sincerity of your desire to be of service. So thank you to Samar for holding the space with me. I'm so excited to share you on Moon to Moon here. And um, let me share Samara's bio before we get in, and I'll share a few points about their chart. So Samara, they, them, 
And this is written in the first person, so I'm just going to take on Samara's voice here. I am black, queer, gender expansive. I am an academic, seer, and writer. I am a community assembler. I'm also someone who has learned through their experience what it feels like to lose connection with themselves, their spirit, their power, and their magic. It is through my experience teaching others, gathering in community, growing in the shadows, and failing that I name myself an ensoulment doula and fulfill the desire to help others along their path of transformation and acceptance of soul and self. I am an encourager of souls to live embodied in their truth while here on earth. I stand to experience the emergence of collective liberation and authenticity. I work to create expansive, brave spaces where communities exist in dynamic fullness. At the center of my calling is the work to elevate the voices of those who stand in liminality, queer, black, femme, and disabled being first. Thank you, Samar. (laughs) So, Samar, as I mentioned, Capricorn rising, Capricorn sun, with the moon in Cancer. And um, something that we also talk about quite a bit, and we'll expand on what these mean in the conversation, is that their chart ruler, Saturn, is in Sag, so ruled by Jupiter. And then that Jupiter is in Aquarius, which is ruled by Saturn. So there's something that they have called mutual reception, mutual reception between Saturn and Jupiter. And we talk about what that means. We also talk quite a bit about their fascinating, wildly potent placement of having Pluto conjunct Mars conjunct South Node in Scorpio right next to the Midheaven. And how that Um, configuration is sending direct lines a sextile to the sun and a trine to the moon making that full moon capricorn cancer polarity just like giving it that underworld flavor that scorpionic plutonic intensity and depth to be able to really hold space for the stuff so Without further ado, then, I give you Samar Jade, my friend and colleague. Um, Enjoy. Welcome to Moon to Moon, Samar. Thank you, Britain. It's a delight to spend time with you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So.
So usually um, I like to begin by reminiscing a little bit and giving some context to how we know one another. And I feel like for me, I first became really aware of you through your application to the Magician's Table last spring, spring of 2023. And it was then that I realized that I had known you as a as a presence in Instagram, but it was like that's when it all came together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, do you remember how you got connected to me or to the magician's table? How you came into being someone who applied for that? Well, around um, uh, winter of 2022 December actually I had made a uh it was that um full moon was it a full moon in cancer or a new moon in cancer I can't remember but it was around December 22 um of 2022 and I said you know I feel like there is this rumbling in my body that wants to come out I feel like my um there's something that I want to give or introduce to the world and I don't exactly know what it is um so I need I universe I kind of need you to tell me what's going on and um you know kind of left that alone and Around January, my friend uh, sent me uh, this link to your podcast. And mm-hmm. she was like, listen, you're going to love this. It's, I really think that this is kind of your, this is kind of your thing. And um, normally when someone sends me something, um, I'm like, uh, it's probably going to be terrible because people... <laughs> I won't say that I'm a difficult person to know, but uh, people usually send me things that it's not, unless it has to do with possums, um, it kind of misses the mark. So, (laughs) but she sent this to me and I started listening and I was like, who the F is Britain LaRue? And why is she... Uh, why am I first of all getting? Because I'm synest, I, I have synesthesia. So mm. when I was listening to, um, gosh, I think I clicked on the um, divorce as initiation. Mm-hmm. And I remember like seeing these like really like deep reds and like black and like brown black when I was listening to you and I was like oh I have to who is this woman because this is this is it and so I went to your Instagram went to your webpage I was like drooling because I was like what is emergence astrology who is this woman talking about the like spiritual self and like shadow work in a way that is actually very real and present and has less to do with 
um, making a bunch of money and all to do with um, imparting wisdom. And so I uh, watch in kind of lurking around, liking things. And then you started doing the promo for Magician's Table. And I was like, no, that's not for me. I'm not a reader. I mean, I do read for my friends and like people come to me for astrology and tarot and guidance, but no. And um, my guys were like, okay, whatever, Samar. Um, but it was your, it was like literally the last day. I feel like, you, no, it wasn't the last day. It was you made this post naming yourself psychic and it was done in such a very human and brave way it my I mean I can't I had this like warm but very um muscular like presence in my solar plexus I mean it was just lit up and I was like this person is mirroring the way that I am trying my best to present myself to the world in a very authentic way, in a way that um, is not afraid of um, every aspect of them, you know? Um, and so I said, you know what? I don't have any, I, I don't know if I can afford this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to put my application in. And if it's not supposed to happen, it won't. And so I put my application in and Ta-da! <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think I speak for everyone in your cohort when I say just what a profound gift you were to the group and how special your voice was in that container and how respected you were by the whole community and um I'm so glad you said yes thank you I'm it was life-changing no big deal <sighs> yeah that was a really magical year and um, the way you support your colleagues is, uh, and I see you do this in Unshaming the Signs meetups with people that you don't know at all, the way you really help reflect people's light back to them is, uh, is a real gift. And in a way, we'll get into it, but it is one way to begin getting close to your moon placement. Uh, mm. mm -hmm. Well, um, yeah. And now we're collaborating um, because you're joining me in this totally new project that we have coming up in the fall, the Magician's Table Wilter Coven, which um, I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, just uh, such a profound yes I have for you. So. Um, Listening to the body and feeling that yes is a is a real gift. So, yeah, do you ready to dive into your chart? I'm ready. 
<laughs> so um, I was thinking about beginning with being a Capricorn rising. I, in readings, I, I like to begin with the rising sign. I find that um, it just always feels like where to begin since it's that most personal place in the chart that was rising at the Eastern horizon when we were born. So I wanted to share with you that um, and tell me how this resonates. Tell me what comes up when you hear this. Um, I feel like one of the most beautiful and captivating and fascinating things about Capricorn rising that I've seen is that it feels like such a profound invitation in this life to become the one who um, basically gives yourself permission because you're the authority um, of your life and um, really be the one who is self-responsible for the power of you being here and, and this is always the case with each rising sign, I feel like then for, for those folks with Capricorn rising, what I see is a really profound, like internalized critic, like somehow this critical voice got internalized, whether who knows from where, where doesn't even matter as much as much as that it's there. And so part of the journey is around um, healing your, how you relate to that voice and reprogramming how you relate to that voice so that you can be the one really guiding your life. Um, so I'm curious, like thinking about little Samar and thinking about your life, like what comes up with that? Does that resonate for you? Woof. Um, yes. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you why. So, um, part of my, so I felt very much growing up, like there were almost, I don't want to say two voices, but it felt sometimes like this, uh, wanting to please other people around me and then wanting to do my own thing mm -hmm. which felt really good and um didn't always make sense to the world uh, the world around me but uh I I will probably I would probably say that the first half of my life was spent really struggling to um, allow that voice to be the loudest, first of all, and then, um, allowing, talking, how should I say this, um, helping that voice to reframe how it speaks to itself, um, because there is this knowledge uh, and this understanding of 
you know, oh, I, I have the ability to do X, Y, and Z. And if I don't do X, Y, and Z, then I am uh, a failure and terrible and, and yucky. And so really, I would say the last seven years of my life um, was, uh, it's been, I think the revolving theme has been failure is not an enemy. Mm. Failure is your primary teacher and it is through failure and failure out loud in public in front of people that you're able to, people are able to connect with you the most, um, most deeply. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, I would imagine with Capricorn rising, that was like befriending the scariest enemy there is. Yes. Yes. It was, it's like uh, realizing the darkness wasn't really the scary part. It wasn't the the thing that I needed to be running away from. It was really resigning myself to sit deeply within the contradiction, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, when you were, when you think back to your younger self, like with what, anything that you know about Capricorn or just relate to Capricorn, like, um, do you have like, experiences or anecdotes from from childhood where you're like yeah that was that was me and my Capricorn trying my best (laughs) trying my best yes I mean Britt and I I so my family when I was really little like two they said I was always out like uh like performing but it wasn't really I wouldn't even necessarily call it a performance for me as much as I really loved uh, the the way that my family would, it would make my, give my family joy. And so I really loved doing that. And so I would pretend I was different characters and, um, uh, you know, they called me, oh, here comes the actress. You know, it was very, it was very silly, but, you know, from then even to, um, you know, grade school and middle school and high school, I was always just a, there was a level of weird that I just would, I didn't want to let go of, even though I was getting all of these messages to, look like this and perform this way and and there was just a part of me that wanted to hang on to um no you you have like if they call you weird it's all right you're just gonna be weird Mm -hmm. and some some of that weirdness came out in the I think the way that I like 
expressed certain things that I, I liked or I didn't like. Um, that seemed to make people really, really uncomfortable. Um, but I think even though I was trying to wear these different suits that people wanted me to be in, to be this person, they were still the Samar, uh, there was still just a part of me that was, that was there in my mind, even if like I could write about it, you know, I could write about that aspect of myself, um, but I couldn't always show it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny to me how, you know, memes for Capricorn are like dudes in business suits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But Capricorn is deeply weird, like I think <laughs> in the best ways. Yes. Like maybe the getting in the suits is like just trying to figure out how to be here, you know, like um okay, you so know, you want me to do these things, you know? Right. And the Capricorn arc is like, oh, like drop this, drop that. Like you don't yes. have that at all. Just be your weird self. <laughs> you know it kind of reminds me of men in black where <laughs> the aliens would like zip themselves into like the the human meat suit I feel like that's really kind of like Capricorn like we just kind of zip ourselves into this you know oh we gotta like make all the money and like be very business-like but really we are very strange and I mean, there's, I feel like there's a reason Aquarius comes right behind um, our sign. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And this is like not, not really seen by, by pop astrology. I don't think, you know, it's mm -hmm. actually, I think there's like a, there's a Capricorn inside Aquarius and there's an Aquarius inside the Capricorn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of related to what you're saying here that I feel like when I see, I don't know that I've ever met anyone with sun in the first house. So mm -hmm. sun in the same sign as rising, if you're using a whole sign system, which is what I do, um, that isn't like profoundly uncomfortable with taking on what you find out sun in the first house is, which is like mm -hmm. really being seen and really letting yourself shine and really letting people look to you as this huge light. Yes. And I feel like that the person with that invitation is often the last one to understand it because it's something that like I can see, but then I, but I feel like I hold space for a lot of people that like, don't know what to do with that you know because it's like that's yes. the invitation actually that's the invitation oh Britain I so yes I feel like my most of my life I have felt ent entirely afraid of being seen and yet everyone could see me no matter where I was you know, it, it, it didn't matter if I was, you know, and, um, cause I, oh, 
for God's sake, I was an opera singer for, you know oh. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was an opera singer for like, you know, or trained singer for 15 years of my life. And um, if that's not, oh, I let, you know, I like to be seen. And yet, uh, I, it still didn't feel like me. Yeah. You know? And I think uh, to go back to that, um, that sort of, that prayer that I made in December of 2022, I came to realize, okay, it's time. I'm just going to have to, something's there and it's got to come out and I'm just going to have to live in it, but I don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, I promised myself I was going to stop running away from people seeing me. Yeah. How has it been feeling? Letting it. Oh, I mean, it's kind of scary because it's like, oh, what if they see... the darkness that I have I have decided to sit with and sit in and be enveloped in what -hmm. if they see that and it makes them scared or they don't know how to digest me or they don't know how to understand and so my reminder to myself has been that I have, I was not made to be a being that we understand, Mm. you know, like, um, I don't think anyone is meant to be understood in the way that we humans feel like we should understand things. Right. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. um, liberating. Mhm. Yes. It's very liberating. Um so I've just been saying to myself that, you know, it's I'm holding space for the questions. I am a question of sorts. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh people will either want to hold space for the questions with me or they won't, and that's really okay. Well, I'm just really sitting with I am a question of sorts. <laughs> that is really profound. Um, like imagine a world where we allowed ourselves that level of openness. Mm. that I immediately want to cry just thinking about about how um, beautiful that would be. Yeah, there's just, like, I can see it in my mind, like, the way we're 
hustling to create these edges that define us so that we can be an answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for adding words. Thank you. That was a. I didn't know that that was going to emerge, but. You know, yeah. what makes me think of just, I'm feeling myself moving into your chart is um, feeling into how all that Capricorn that you have is being guided by a Saturn <laughs> that is itself in Sagittarius and is ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter is, is and Sag is that energy of vastness and uncontainability, you know? Mm -hmm. You, I don't know if any, has anyone told you that you're Saturn and Jupiter and what's called mutual reception? No. It's like a astro speak for when a planet, when two planets are in each other's signs. So your Saturn is, your chart ruler is in Jupiter's sign of Sag, ruled by a Jupiter that is in Saturn's sign of Aquarius. So what that means is like, they like switched houses, you know, they're like, yeah. <laughs> they're in each other's space, but that means they get each other they like, yeah. they're like, um, oh, I understand you, you know, I'm, cause I'm living in your place and you're living in mine and you, you get how I am and I get how you are. Right. I have mutual mm -hmm. reception in my chart between Jupiter and Mercury. And I actually think it's kind of like the, the, the genius exclamation point in my chart. I think all mm -hmm. charts have, um, genius places, you know, where we're just like, whoa that's so cool you know um but if you imagine this energy between the vastness of jupiter and the container like the ritual space the holding of like what we root um into as being like um in deep collaboration um they make a sextile by sign which is friendly um and does that resonate as kind of like what what is trying to move through you is like containing the uncontainable in some way um Britain I just got goose pimples and chills all over my body when you said containing the uncontainable Um, so that is my gender. And, um, I came out non-binary, um, in the summer of 2021 under a strawberry moon. And I felt for my life that when, or felt you know, throughout my life that um, I never, 
like being, I wasn't really a girl or a woman, but I wasn't really a man or a boy. And I felt like whatever I was or am was something that I, I don't, I, I don't even have the words to describe other than it is something that I am, but that I, 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 that I can't explain. It's like an experience, you know, my gender is, my is an experience. It is, it is me. It is, um, all that I could ever be and all that I am not. I mean, it is just, um, yes. So that's one of the reasons why I, I, uh, I call myself gender expansive. Um, because gender in itself is a container of sorts, mm -hmm. but expansive is, is all that you could ever imagine it to be and more. So many goosebumps as you were talking. Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> you know, it was really scary for me to actually name that because I felt so for so much of my life that how dare I think that I could be bigger than I am. You know, who am I to say that? But it's, but it was all, it, it's all that it is. Mm -hmm. it's, it gets back to the idea of like putting on the men in black suits. Like, yeah, they said <laughs> I was supposed to put this on. Yes. And yes. the, the younger self is like, just trying to survive here. Like, okay, <laughs> tell me what to do. Yes. And I'll do like, it. Like, okay, how do I perform this so yes. that other, so that I will be digestible? Yes. Instead of confronting people with the question of uncontainability. Yes. Whoa. Uh, it is very emotional. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you, Samar. <sighs> and you know what, what I feel for, you know, this kind of glides me across the chart to your beautiful Cancer moon in the seventh. And um, just, so what I found, this this to me is like a double whammy for the feeling realm because yes. the moon is feeling, right? <laughs> Cancer is feeling, the moon is in its own sign being like a psychic as fuck person, but also seventh house that putting that kind of awareness into all of your relationships such that Everyone I know who has moon and seventh, and this is many people, including a daughter and my boyfriend, there's just this, it's like, you can't shake it. You can feel what the people are feeling. 
Like you, yes. you know what's going on with your friends. You know what's going on with the person that you're in relationship. You feel it from across states, continents, you know? And what does the little child do with all that information, you know, is what I think about is the child. Baby Samar had so many feelings and could also feel everyone's feelings. And I was too young to do the, oh, that's not my feeling. Let me like put that away or, you know, give that back to whoever. I I loved my family so much that I just kept, you know, and all the people that I, I was in relationship with, I, you know, would just put their feelings into me, into my space so much so that I felt like I was exploding, you know, um, I dealt, I actually dealt with a lot of depression, um, when I was younger and, uh, looking back now, um, I know that a lot of that was because I felt the feelings of the people around me that were hurting so badly, so deeply that I, I literally couldn't separate it. I couldn't separate it between like my actual, like, this is my body and my, you know, hormonal makeup. And these are, this is my depression. And this is the depression of like the world around me. Mm. Um, and I would feel, I mean, I would feel it so deeply that it just, I wanted, I just wanted it to stop. I wanted it to end, you know? Um, and it really wasn't until I started doing, I started getting to know myself better, um, in my early thirties and, um, got a very, very good, um, therapist that was great with trauma work and CPTSD or complex PTSD, um, that I started to deconstruct and understand that. And then I started to realize it's not just a clinical medical thing. It's also a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. And then like holding space for that and saying like, this is magic. It's not a curse. It's magic. And um, going through the point of learning how to give my magic and help other people sit with their magic without taking it on as mine. So. That feels like living the fuck out of... <laughs> That assignment. <laughs> so powerful. But like, 
you know, we don't get taught these things in elementary school. Um, <laughs> so you can see why it would, there would be times where you're like, I just don't know that feeling is a safe thing. How can I yes. not feel anymore? Because that would be better. That would yes. be an intelligent desire. You know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Like I, I have no, I, I, uh, I understand now why, because I look at like someone like my, my beautiful, wonderful grandmother who is a cancer mm -hmm. and um she is she's so hardened and I know that that is because she probably has the same magic but no one ever celebrated that or taught her how to use her magic so it feel it feels isolating for her to care so much for everyone around her you know, because what do you do when you say, I mean, how can you express to someone how deep that feeling goes, how deep that energetic awareness is, that it lives in your cells, that you can, you can feel, taste, like, touch, smell those emotions that others have. And in a world where we invalidate feel feelers, you know, and mm -hmm. feeling is a weakness, not this, you know, it's not uplifted as the superpower that it is. And it's like more than a superpower. It's also just so human, mm -hmm. you know? What is more human? But like, whoa, I mean, your sun and moon then create this really potent, like to make it more potent. They make this, what's a trine from the moon, a sextile, both very helpful to Pluto conjunct, South Node conjunct Mars in Scorpio, the two rulers of Scorpio um, together. 11th house right by your midheaven most public place like so much potency there so much depth the capacity to like really sit with underworld material difficult stuff um i mean learning how to i imagine learning how to work with your intuition and with your feelings and with your energy field has just like, has meant coming into this powerhouse space of depths. Mm -hmm. And like what a treasure you can be for people who don't know who else to sit with them in that stuff, you know? I imagine you had you had to walk it with yourself right and then now yes you, now you know the pathways you know yes um I call 
I the the term shadow holder is something that I haven't really um named out loud to very many people but it feels very resonant for me and probably for other people who the word empath just doesn't cut it mm. you know it's a holding of the very deep, deep darkness that most people don't come close even sometimes of, of wanting to touch, to get to know, and accepting that part as their, as part of themselves too. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you're yes you are able to work with that energy in in a way that is uh um benefic when people would consider that energy or that idea to be malefic like oh the darkness shadow yikes but Just because you can't see it or feel it or touch it doesn't mean it's not still there. Yeah. You know, when I saw that, one of the things that I was feeling is how the North Node is pulling you to Taurus in your own like creative flow life and how I imagine for you that being able to hold that depth frequency and that 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 really intense energy must make it such that it's really important for you to like lay in the grass and like take baths and like you know suck on a yummy popsicle and just <laughs> not do anything to balance yes. all of that care for yourself yes. yes you know or eat like delicious lasagna with like 17 different cheeses and be able to taste all the cheeses yes I told who I don't I don't remember who I was talking to. But I was like, if my food doesn't make me want to orgasm, <laughs> I don't want to eat it. You know, I just get into these moods where it's like, if it's not like, you know, better than the best like, you know, sexual intimacy you could have with a person. Mm -mm. <laughs> yeah it's like it just feels like that Taurus space is like your balm and your like gift to yourself <clears throat> given how much like so much of your chart call feels like service you know like feels like 
holding this really strong frequency for other people and for community and for healing, you know, for like really revolutionary changes in this world, you know, but it's like, but what about, what are you doing for your Taurus? Like on the daily, you know, um, the Venusian just to feel good and touch yourself and be in your body. Mm -hmm. uh, and thank you for that reminder because I, it's very easy for me to, or it has been in the past for me to put that off, you know, um, that's one of the reasons why I love, uh, like even perfumes, mm -hmm. um, being able to smell them and, and wear them and, um, be in the different components that make up a perfume, um, is, uh, um, so good. Yeah. But it keeps me grounded. I'm so glad you said that because I, Britain, I've wondered why I've done things like that, you know, and mm -hmm. I thank you for that. Thank you for that because, um, that makes sense now. Yeah. You know, I feel like every rising sign has like little things where I'm like lucky. They're so lucky. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for Capricorn rising, it's definitely Taurus in the fifth because like that just feels so like delicious and decadent. And uh, yeah, like and it, but since your north node is really pulling you there um it's what it feels like is how you take care of your precious self you know doing mm. all that you do that's and it's probably mm. creates a kind of like richness to you know, whatever seeds you're planting, you know, a richness to the containers that you you create for the uncontainable, right? And the space holding mm -hmm. or that underworld journeys and shadow holding, you know, like that they, you're supported through that fifth house Taurus activities, things that you love to do. And like, I love how with astrology, we just, we like, don't need it. Like you already do those things. Like you don't need me to tell you, but I love that when astrology affirms these things, you know, and gives us the yeah. language and the, the teacher for it. It's like Venus, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. <laughs> oh, this has been such a rich conversation. Thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> so I don't want to leave here without you talking about the phrasing insolment doula. Yeah. Find you and like, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to the people who work with you? How did you come to it? Yeah. Would you, would you talk about this? Cause it's an unusual phrasing and very. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I, um, 
while going through the magician's table um this uh past spring um and going through a lot of transformation and trying to understand what I had to offer when it came to um, readings and um, life in general. I was speaking to one of my, um, one of my friends who is, uh, they're an academic and they're creating this, this uh, art piece, this art piece where um, they're, um, collecting the art and works of disabled people and they have my piece that uh, they've uh, designed is uh, the altar and they said you know you are the altar you know and um, you're the altar that like people come to you, you are sacred and, and um, then I, you know, when working with them, I, the word doula kept coming up and I was like, why is the word doula coming up? Like, that's weird. Um, And I was like, because the only way that I think about doula is either, you know, end of life doula or like uh, birth doula. Um, and they said to me, well, you are a doula. You are a person who helps ferry people along the way through um, difficult transitions, through um, the dark. And I said, well, what would you even call that? And they said, well, insolvent. You, you help to bring the soul of people back into themselves. And I like, of course, was sobbing afterwards because it felt so very resonant because my entire life, all I've ever wanted for people is, oh, I didn't think I was gonna get so emotional. I all I've ever wanted for people is to feel the most divinely and holy and sacred them to be as shiny and as loud and as peculiar and weird. And it has shown up in my teaching in academia. It has shown up in my voice teaching. It has shown up in my relationships, but that is all I've ever wanted for human beings around me is that they are truly and authentically themselves. So I I had a name for it, <laughs> you know, um, I had a name for it. And so I said, uh, I'm going to name this and I'm going to claim it. And uh, since then, it's it's uh, felt so me and so good to say, and I am an insolvent doula. 
Powerful. Yeah, I can almost like see uh, you one day teaching other people how to claim this name and how to let it be a, a term that people say, yeah, I have an insolvent doula. Do you have one? You know? I, I, I would love that. <laughs> I hope that I I envision that that's a it's a it's a something that is that will be birthed in the future. Mm -hmm. mm. And you take you have you take clients currently? Yeah, I do. I take um I'm currently taking clients right now for um either one on one um containers for 3 months where um that that particular one on one container is very good for people who are um going through a a transition in their lives of some sort a molting or um a shedding and uh so I walk with them with meditations and invitations. And then I have just guidance readings for people who may have questions about something. And then um, uh, later in the fall, I'll start again my spirit writing, which is uh, donation-based. So hmm. I love my reading with you so much. I'm still receiving the medicine. Thank you. Mm. And Thank you for letting me. <laughs> and we have our vulture coven coming up. Um... <laughs> Formerly known as the mentorship circle until I told Samar about uh, this connection I was feeling to vultures to the container and then you were like let's talk about vultures and you just drummed up so much vulture energy in me it was like why am I not putting this in the name like yes and then it just once we once the name changed just became this totally new frequency and um yeah thank you I I would, I, one of the, I'll share, I don't think I've told you this, but I was hearing from my guides that I was not relying enough on you to help Aww. me. Mm -hmm. They were like, you need to lean into them. Hmm. Thank you guys. <laughs> I've been like, I just want to help Britain. I want to support her so much. My Capricorn moon, you know, I think that I'm supposed to do all the things myself. And um, I get little reminders that I don't have to do everything by myself. I'm wildly supported by mm -hmm. people such as you. And uh, as soon as I let you in, it was like, draw everything just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you. that. I love Thank you. Love that. So much. It's uh, very uh, reassuring to 
the parts of me that want to trust. Um, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for being with me today. I'm excited to share this conversation with the world. Thank you, Britton. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Failure is one of the vultures that's coming to feast. So speaketh Samar to me a couple of weeks ago. Thank you for coming on Moon to Moon, Samar. I want to share the story about how you helped me to reframe this container to the energy of failure. So, Samara and I met a couple of weeks ago to really land into the frequency of this new offering of the Magician's Table, the Vulture Coven. And on this particular day, I, up to this particular day, I had been referring to this container as the Mentorship Circle. But... I kept pulling the chariot card like it was like insistent it was one of those like freaky tarot things where you're just laughing because you keep pulling the same card and I use a Thoth deck and in the Duquette guidebook for Thoth um, he talks about how the chariot card is linked to vultures because in part because the chariot is like about finding your way and um, part of finding your way is like basically giving birth to yourself and according to the ancient Egyptians it was thought that like that vultures were all female and that they birthed they could birth on their own of their own um, of their own will and vultures were symbols for transformation and for rebirthing, um, for feasting on the dead and then creating new life from like within yourself. So I was telling Samara, like, isn't it wild that the vulture keeps showing up through the chariot for this container? And just within that like 45 minute Zoom meeting, it just became clear that this is a vulture space, which felt really wild. I did not expect this coming in, but it was really wild because last spring I was asking my guidance about a new container that I felt coming in. I thought it was my lunar container, which is moon to moon, which I'm also promoting right now. But the spirit of vulture like, was there 
trying to talk to me about a vulture container. And it was like, okay, I see you. I want to do that. That sounds really amazing. But I thought you were going to talk to me about the moon class. Because, <laughs> you know, we see sweet humans are really funny when we want to try to tell our channel what to do. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I totally had forgotten that this had happened. And there it is, like the vulture found its way in through the chariot cart. And then once it was in the room with us, Samara had been very taken by vulture magic. And like many people, maybe you, listener, like very moved by my story with vulture magic and what it has meant to me and what I, what I invite you to let it be for you. And I'll talk about that probably in the next episode in more depth, but... <sighs> It was like, yeah, this is a feasting space. We are going to be, we are vultures who are feasting at this table. What are we feasting on? Let us feast, you know? And um, I got off the Zoom call and I turned to my deck and I shuffled and I asked my deck, um, what is the spirit of the vulture coven? And it should come as no surprise that I pulled the fucking chariot again. And in that moment, what I really was seeing was the grail that the Thoth chariot, charioteer is holding. And I was like, oh, what kind of feast is this? This is a grail feast. You know, it has something to do with wounds and healing through being honest and vulnerable and open in our speech about the human experience of being people who have wounds, even as we're like magical, magical fucking huge spirits and bodies, you know? And then I asked like, I asked what is the medicine? And I pulled lust, which is strength in um, the Thoth deck, which is this like really, really erotic female bodied figure on a multi-headed beast just head back I mean oh my god it's like my favorite card (laughs) so then I'm feeling like oh yeah lust like we're feasting yeah this is vulture magic and then I asked what is my role and uh I pulled seven of discs which in the Thoth deck is failure failure is my role so I turned, I, um, I, I, I left a WhatsApp message for Samar and was like, what do you think about this? And Samar shared how they're a 3-5 in human design, which I am too. And the 3-5 invitation, this is your profile. If you're, if you're just learning human design, just bear with me and stick with the meaning. Like a big thing with being a 3-5 is like basically pummeling yourself towards life and like it's all trial and error like it's all it's like you get you bump you get bruised like you just kind of have to find out you have to fuck around and find out and then you you are able to channel the wisdom of what you learned into something that's universal and you can be a voice to share and universalize that human experience of like bumping around, you know? 
which I think is very much what Moon to Moon as a, as a space is. It's me in my three five, you know. And so Samara was saying that um, that they're three five, and that that they found that everything has come through failure and the sense of grief and failure um, being part of what we need. You know, if we're going to have a business class about abundance, like we've got to have failure in there with us. And um, I wrote it down when Samar said, and then I had to like rewind so I could keep hearing it. Failure is one of the vultures that's coming to feast. And that just, this whole reframe um, I just find really impactful and really, really beautiful because uh, like I want to be inside abundance containers that are also failure containers, you know? I want to be in dream containers that are also disappointment containers. I want to be in aliveness containers that are also death containers. Like this is what makes me proud to have my work in the world is when it's honest like that, you know? And like, yeah, we're going to be feasting, feasting on all of it together in community, in community, in community, because it's through community that we really, we, we, we weave, we weave the threads into something that feels so real and authentic and presence that makes the failure and the disappointment and the grief and the death holdable as we realize that we're not alone. Vultures do not feast alone, Samara reminded me. Vultures do not feast alone. So it's a vulture coven. We go in together. We do it together. We feast together. We feast on all of it. This is a business class that I'm interested in being in. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be outcomes from this investment. But ultimately, it's a transformation space, as all of my classes are, because all my classes tend to be three, five kind of spaces where you come in and you don't know. You don't really know what you're investing in. How could you possibly know? If you've been in one of my containers, you know that this is true, that you can have goals and, for, and intentions, but like there has to be a lot of room for mystery to come through because you couldn't even begin to know. So I think you can tell, I know you can tell from my conversation with Samara, that Samara is precisely the person to hold this container with me and to support me and to support you if this is calling to you. I was feeling into like, how, okay, how, what would be like the, the quick description of the Magician's Table Vulture Coven? And I wrote, the four magicians, meaning magical people, intuitive people, Um, for magicians who fear and crave more. I'm saying more because 
for some people, it may be more clients. Some people, it may be more words to describe themselves. For some people, it may be more money, more confidence, more sense of like my, my service is getting out in the world, right? For magicians who fear and crave more, Vulture Coven is the intimate community grail space. It's a grail space that expands your capacity to participate with your genius at the risk of failing spectacularly. (laughs) So it's, it's expanding your capacity because guess what? We have capacity, right? Like if you don't have the capacity to deal with failure, well, that's going to make it very difficult to take risks, you know? And it is a risky thing to want to put your gifts in the world and be received by other people. That's a brave thing. It may go against all conditioning. You may have no evidence. That's a brave thing to do. So you have to have the capacity for whatever happens, right? Like the Dark Moon episode a couple ago, which was um, becoming a person of evidence, right? Like expanding your capacity is to, to expand your capacity to be a person of evidence, whatever the evidence is, including participating with your genius at the risk of failing spectacularly spectacularly you know this is a little vulnerable but I'll share this I was saying to my boyfriend like what if I don't get 12 though how can I have a 13th reader if there aren't 12 participants (laughs) you know this is me and like my logical brain like it needs to fit the formula though and Matt was like wouldn't it fit the container perfectly if there were aspects to how it came together that were spectacularly like a failure to some parts of you. (laughs) So I'm really opening up to this idea of like, yeah, what would be a spectacular failure for this? (laughs) Maybe, maybe I have room for that. Like if I'm asking other people to open up to it, what's my spectacular failure for this? Yeah, it's it's risky to put be in your genius and um to be seen. And a lot of times what I've found is we don't know what we fear more. Spectacular success or spectacular failure because let me tell you you know, I'm not like Lindsay Mack, Simone Soul, but in my growth, being a transformational astrologer with powerful containers, um, quote unquote, success is very high sensation. It's intense to hold, you know, like it takes just as much 
holding myself and taking care of myself and and loving on myself to just deal with all that sensation that feels quote unquote good as it does to deal with sensation that doesn't feel good because as i like to say feeling more is feeling more you know it's all it's all just feelings and sensations and like there's an intelligence to why we put limits on that and if your conscious will would like, you know, conscious will, very chariot, would like to grow, if your conscious will wants more than the unconscious will, which is the other horse, you know, the unconscious will needs to grow what it thinks you can handle. And it does that through um, titrating. It does that through increasing um, opportunities to experience sensation in a, in a, at a pace and at a level that's like fathomable to your system and takeable to your system of letting that sensation run through you. And that's the kind of sensation that you experience in the intimate community spaces that I hold, like the real small ones, like the tables that I hold, because it's small enough that people are really seeing you and you cannot run away, you cannot be invisible, you cannot hide. And that in itself creates the conditions for experiencing and practicing experiencing the high sensation that other parts of you are are really excited to learn how to experience, you know? So... Yeah, to to conclude, um, Samar is the the one the one who is the right person to help with this. As you've learned, their chart is um, made for it. <laughs> so, thank you again, Samar. Thank you, everyone listening. I'm gonna have links to the Vulture Coven in the show notes. I'm gonna have links to ways to experience the magic of Samar in the show notes. And we would love it if you would reach out if you have any questions at all about um, the Vulture Coven that's coming up. Or if you're listening out in the future and you're like, damn, I missed this. Are you ever going to do that again? Please reach out to me. I'm happy to give you the update on where I stand with it. So thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Sending so much love out there. I know the astro continues to have its spiky thorns some days here. Give yourself lots of love, lots of compassion, lots of space, lots of room to be human. And I'll see you at the next one. Cheers.